This is reposted. Hello, and welcome to Reposted. In the next few moments, we'll be breaking down a post that we have found to be inspiring, interesting, or otherwise entertaining. Quotes that catch our eye and we feel are worth a deeper look. Thank you for stopping by. Today, we're joined by Chris Pugh. He's the co-founder and CEO of True Gear. It's an outdoor apparel company that combines style and technology to develop some of the most advanced technical wear. You can check them out at true, T-R-E-W, gear.com or on Instagram and Twitter at True Gear. Chris, I want to start off with a quote that we found that's on your website. And you guys say, we believe that people who have positive experiences in the mountains are better stewards for the environment happier people in their communities, and more motivated to make the world a better place. I really like this because a lot of times I think of apparel companies as like, I want to look good, I want to be functional, but like, this seems to have a different twist. Like, what does this mean to you guys? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you um, picked on that quote because it's, it's kind of new. You know, we've been around for 10 years, and I think like a lot of, or over 10 years, 11 years now. Um, and like a lot of entrepreneurs, we started with a a specific product idea like our our mission in 2009 was to make truth bibs so we had this idea for a, a pant that would be great for the backcountry and the resort and and we were pretty you know kind of myopically focused on that and then you know the cool thing about brands and small companies is they kind of grow up with the individuals that are in it and with the changing cast of characters and partners and and different collaborators that we've have um, we've had over the years, we did a lot of work this summer, actually in, in 2020, um, which I think for a lot of individuals and companies was kind of a, a reckoning of asking those hard questions. Like, why, why are you doing this? You know, what's, what's this, what's this all mean? What's this all for? And it was kind of through that work that we honed in on that, uh, statement, which for us is, is not, it's not really a departure from what we've always done. You know, we created a pant that can be used to transition from the resort to the backcountry, And so that simple mission was like, we want to get more people into the backcountry. So we want to make it easier. We want to eliminate a barrier, which is like, you don't have to buy all this crazy expensive mountaineering clothing, but then in doing so, when you ask yourself, why, well, why do we want to get people in the backcountry? We kind of unpack those statements that it just makes us happier. And when you're, when you're happier and you're healthier, you're a better person. And when you're happier and healthier in the outdoors, you're going to be a better steward for the environment. And so maybe the more people we get wearing truth bibs, the more happy, healthy environmentalists we'll have out there. <laughs> you know, uh, Chris, people become lawyers because they think it's going to bring them prestige. And then they get the job and they realize, man, prestige sucks and this job sucks. And most of them quit. Yeah. You started a com company for back snow skiers and people going into the woods and it's your passion. So you're really not even selling your gear. You're just talking about your passion. Yeah, that's right. Passion and, uh, and community, you know, that, and that's what I think, I think separates the backcountry market from traditional like downhill snowboarding skiing market is backcountry really is all about community. You know, it's, it's, you know, to go back to that statement again, in the beginning, we say, you know, we think that positive experiences in the mountains can make you a better person. Well, positive experience at the mountain, I think is a particularly, you know, it's unique to our brand because we're thumbs up brand and we're all about having fun and having positive experiences. When you think about the backcountry, 
it's not like winning or losing, you know, you're not like trying to be the fastest or go the biggest or spin the most. Uh, it's about having a positive experience outside, which could mean just tackling an objective or just going out and being safe and being with your friends and, and, uh, and having a good time. And so I think that distinction is really important to us and in, in trying to, to get as many people as we can into that way of thinking and to understand uh, that backcountry is more about building the community up instead of being this like solitary guy going the fastest or the biggest or something like that is, is pretty important too. I really like that idea of community with a backcountry. I grew up in Texas and I moved to Colorado and I know you're based in Oregon, but in Colorado, you don't want to be a gaper, like someone yeah. who's a bad skier. And I feel like the Alpine community, or I don't know if backcountry is still Alpine, but like these people you're talking about made me feel like an outsider and it wasn't very nice. And I do yeah. like the backcountry is more of like people do laps by hitchhiking and it is a community effort. And I guess, do you see that with in Oregon as well with the, the difference between backcountry and the resorts? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the backcountry community has its share of, of people who are, you know, don't want to share their knowledge and will call you out for being a gaper or something like that. But our brand in particular, we're always trying to promote like building people up, building, you know, kind of rising tides, rise ships, whatever the phrase is, <laughs> you know, because the more educated and intelligent backcountry skiers and snowboarders we have, everywhere the, the safer place the backcountry is going to be and the more fun we can all have um yeah i've been to places like off the top of my head you know like teton pass in jackson hole wyoming is this kind of storied famous uh backcountry place you can park right on the highway and hike straight up this peak and it's super crowded and there's tons of people and it's really intimidating like these dudes get out of their trucks with you know, all the expensive gear and there, you know, everyone kind of has this, like, we call it the cool guy vibe. You know, you're kind of like, you don't want to, you don't want to talk to anybody like surfers at a lineup, you know, you're not like trying to share that much information, but um, we really want to be the approachable guys in the parking lot. you're like, if you have a question, you see someone wearing a true jacket, you know, go ask that guy. He's probably a nice guy and (laughs) we'll share some beta. And that that's like our our vision. We want to be the the positive stewards of the backcountry and help everyone have, have more fun. You have a true audience of who you want to reach backcountry people. You sell high quality gear, which means sometimes a little more expensive. Do you have issue trying to convince people that you're not the H and M of snowwear? Like, Hey, it costs more because it's made made better. Yeah. I mean, actually in, in the backcountry market, we try to nail the, the bottom of that, high-end price point. I mean, to use the materials that we do and to make the type of garments we do, they're, they're going to be more expensive than your price point stuff that, uh, you know, more value shoppers are used to finding for snow outerwear. But on the backcountry and high-end technical apparel market, we really try to target, the, you know, the bottom of that price point. So like we want to be the most approachable jacket and bib, um, just like with our, our marketing and messaging trying to be approachable and friendly. We want that price point to be a little bit easier to bite off for someone who's looking for technical gear. And we also sell it like traditionally when companies were designing Alpine shells and Alpine pants there, we found them to be kind of one dimensional, really lightweight, no pockets. They were designed for someone who's climbing Mount Rainier as fast as possible. And (laughs) where do I put my ramen? Where do I put my PB and J? Like this is, this is not for me. And so we wanted to make a jacket and pant that you could climb Rainier in, but you could also 
you know, ski Mount Hood Meadows and put all your snacks in the right spot. And, um, and so there's some value in that, you know, and making a more multi-dimensional apparel piece, you can get more people into your gear and then they can have the confidence to take that gear into the backcountry or mountaineering or on a hot trip or without having to like buy more stuff. So you kind of mentioned that you guys have, have evolved through the years with your company and you you're at this place where you're building community right now. Where are you seeing the future of you guys going once we're on the other side of this pandemic? Do you want to keep going that direction or what, what have you guys reflected on in 2020? Yeah, that's a great question because this is like, <laughs> I feel like uh, yeah, this summer we did a lot of that, you know, being in Portland, uh, especially, you know, being really connected to, um, there's just a lot of protests and stuff and there's a lot of uh, social and political upheaval that people in, you know, maybe smaller mountain towns don't experience as intensely as, as, as people in cities and definitely Portland this summer. And, and I think it made us become more conscious of the connection that even uh, outdoor brand can have to a community. Like when I, when we used to talk about community, I, I used to just think about backcountry skiers and snowboarders or resort skiers and snowboarders. But now we think about the, our community is where we live, where we work and our customers. And so part of what we did this summer too, with, uh, you know, COVID and stuff is we built, made face masks, like a lot of brands, but we donated our proceeds to the Oregon Community Foundation. And it's, I think it's those types of projects that have us really excited about the future of our company because it just gives us this like, I don't know, more longevity and more purpose within the community that we live, you know? So you're, you feel a little bit more kind of ingrained with, with our surroundings where, you know, if you just think about the future of backcountry skiing and snowboarding, you're kind of, I don't know, you're, you're just hoping that it's, people are still going to do it and it's popular, <laughs> but if you're providing a, uh, you know, a real service and a real benefit to the community, then I think that that will give you better staying power overall. We're still figuring out how to do that, to be honest. We're just kind of, uh, that, that's where our head's at now. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I perused your LinkedIn profile before we came on. and uh, It's a two-parter. A, I want to know what your comparative literature degree is uh, giving to your life. But, but ma mainly, you've really only ever done true gear. That's it. Like, you weren't some big wig at Levi's and came over and started gear. Do you think that helps you that your frame of reference is just true gear? Yeah. I mean, I'll answer that one first, I guess. Um you know, when we started this, we were just out of college. I was even a junior and senior in college when I started working on this with our friend Trip, um, who's quite a bit older. He had had his MBA and was working in manufacturing and outdoor industry. And so when you're that young, you just have nothing to lose. So you're just like, oh, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Like, I'd love to learn how to do that. And I'm interested and passionate about backcountry skiing and snowboarding. So that's a great time to try something new, right? When you're just that young and so I'd recommend any young person to do that you have you have the energy and you have the time and you have nothing to lose so yeah. um and then I do think it has informed the way I certainly informs the way I hire people I actually always prefer to hire um unexperienced people who are just passionate and curious about our industry and and it's because it's it's from my own experience I learned that anybody can learn how to do all these different things like you can learn if you know, we're hiring a new marketing person, they can learn how to run a social media account. But what you can't teach is, are they curious about learning more? And are they passionate about our industry? Do they care about what we're doing? Um, and so I found that to be an incredible benefit just to 
to know that early on as we started it's like I, I came in knowing absolutely nothing but it forced me and allowed me to ask really original questions about how to create technical apparel and how to start a company and how to run a brand and so I really value that in our employees and nearly everybody like our operations person Catherine is an engineer with a background in content marketing <laughs> and she just is so passionate about backcountry skiing and she does an amazing job with customer service and operations because she brings all that other experience she has and uh, you know is kind of able to do so much more than if you just go hire someone who has a customer service background and Hibbs, our marketing guy is a um, he wasn't even looking for a job <laughs> I just like I knew that he had this film background and he was, you know, kind of a um, aspiring professional skier in his youth and his passion about skiing. And I really wanted someone on our team that uh, had the, the capability to edit motion and film. And so I offered him this marketing job. And so he had to learn how to do email marketing. You know, obviously anyone young knows how to use social media. So that's pretty easy, but he had to learn all that other stuff and he's great at it because he brings all this other extra talent that, you know, doesn't make him so close-minded about marketing. So I think, yeah, I think that's a, a, a really good uh, plus not having any experience. And then on the uh, comparative literature side, uh, you know, <laughs> I just was like what I happened to fall into in college. Cause I love reading. And, um, and I went, I went to Colorado college, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with that it's on a block plan. And yeah. so you, you take one class for three and a half weeks, then you go skiing for five days and you come back, you take another, another class for three and a half weeks and go skiing for five days. And so I decided that literature would be like the best fit. <laughs> I could just, you know, read a book and then go skiing or like, you know, read a book in the back of a car and, yes. you know, but I, I do think I, I told the chair of the complet department when I went back, I don't know, five years ago, whenever our five year re reunion, I guess was that, um, I do think comparative literature prepares you for design thinking because comparative literature, you know, you're not really studying like syntax and writing. You're studying what is an, what is the effect of this piece of literature have on the reader and what was the social uh, and political situation that created this uh, work of art or that, that inspired this author to create this work of art. So you're really thinking about people. You're thinking about, why does this mean something, something to this person and something different to this person? And so it, you know, it kind of puts you in that creative mindset where when we design apparel, we think about why would a backcountry skier like this, you know, why would this little feature or design be important to our customer more than this customer? So I know that's kind of a stretch, but I, you know, no, I buy into that. I think that's great. <laughs> Well, Chris Pugh, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Check out True Gear, T-R-E-W, gear.com. <laughs> Visit them in Oregon. You don't have to pay sales tax. I'm Andrew Keller for Chris Pugh and The Gaper saying thanks for stopping by. <laughs>